kind of just like grasp the feeling that I, I, I feel about like being in the band. Welcome back to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. Of course, my friend is Aaron, and we've got another good one for you today. Aaron had the chance to sit down with Andrew Carey, vocalist of the band Evergreen Terrace. Of course, they're a Metacore. What is what would Metacore be if Metacore was a genre? Uh, Evergreen Terrace is a metalcore band from Jacksonville, Florida. And since their formation in 1999, they've released six full-length albums on a number of labels, including Metal Blade and Rise Records, amongst others. And over the course of this conversation, they talk about how some songs have aged, you know, since they've been out. Their first record came out in 2001. That's over 20 years ago now, uh, what they learned about the process, as it were, over the years, and how they felt as the scene kind of changed and evolved. Uh, Of course, this is all covered as Andrew shares the stories behind his five favorite songs from the Evergreen Terrace Library. Now, before we hop into it, just going to do some housekeeping. Go follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, kind of that's mainly where we're hanging out, at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find us there. We're on Facebook as well. Um, And wherever you are listening to this, Rate it, review, subscribe, tell your friends about the show. Uh, that's the easiest way to help us grow. If you, if you like the show and you would like to see us, you know, continue to grow, you got to rate it and review it, help it get into people's ears. And also share it with friends. If you've got friends who love Evergreen Terrace or friends who just love music in general, this whole world that we're talking about, share it with them, get them on board, and then go follow us on our social media and we can all hang out. It'll be fun. There's also a link on our social media to our uh, Discord page if you want to hang out with us there and kind of have more in-depth conversations. We've teamed up with some other great podcasts uh, to provide that service as well. But let's not waste any more time. This is Aaron chatting with Andrew from Evergreen Terrace. Let's uh, just start with uh, something easy. What was the the first punk or hardcore album that impacted you? And then the first... to follow that, what was what's the newest one that you've been into? Oh my gosh, man, that's a great question. Um, let me see. Let me think for a minute. The first punk. So I can tell you about the first punk show I went to. Um, was like a local band called foc and i was just a just a surf rat and i was really into alternative music in the early 90s and it was getting into that so i went to a punk show and i was like wow look this is so much more aggressive and more my style and I, I wasn't even wearing shoes because it was at an outside venue. It got into the mosh pit with no shoes on, scraped <laughs> my feet. Um, so that was my first experience with, with actual punk rock. 
and then I guess uh, kind of kind of got into I was you know obviously into grunge because you know I'm old and uh, early '90s like Pearl Jam and uh, Nirvana and all those great grunge bands. That was a good lead way into punk rock. And yeah, for sure. And uh, so that I think probably was no effects ribbed was one of my first like punk punk albums Um, and just kind of fell in love with the whole the whole thing and then that opened up a very like oh there's there's just there's more there's so much more to this um and lately i really haven't gotten into any new punk bands well it can be in the last 10 years whatever the last whatever the last one that that you loved or impacted you was does it It have to be could be 20 years ago (laughs) yeah 20 years ago oh man um I don't know. I'm such an old soul stick to like classics. Um, I would have to say, I guess it doesn't fall into the realm of punk rock, but um, the new uh, Sights and Sounds record, uh, yeah. um, No Virtue. Yeah, so that's, good. It, it's, it blows my mind every time I, I listen to that record and I, I, I love it. it. It's so good. Yeah, that's yeah. probably one of the my favorite, uh, you know, records that came out in the last couple of years. That really, I I, I just uh, I run to it. I I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a good pick. I actually think that might have been the last show I was at before COVID was seeing Sights and Sounds here. And yeah, I always yeah. love. I mean, I'm a huge Comeback Kid fan, and, and I know it's not necessarily similar but you know and i just i love andrew's um voice and songwriting yeah i also really love hearing you know some somebody else's kind of other creative side right i mean like oh you know come back in most people know come back in if you're into this kind of music and so it's just cool hearing you know different influence coming out of someone like that so yeah that's a great choice I, i love sights and sounds yeah and and i think that they they really broaden their their style with that last record too. Just so, just so many different kind of, you know, influences and, and just different styles. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's a, that's a cool pick. So no effects ribbed and sights and sounds, no virtue. That's quite a, quite a vast um, difference in sound and, and just, I mean, when, when did ribbed come out? Like 91 oh, or two or something like that? Yeah, it had to have been. I I even kind of want to say like eighty nine, but I I maybe that's when No Effects started. Maybe that's when Liberal Animation came out. But yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's sweet. That, yeah, and then of course, like not to sound so cheesy, but like uh, Offspring Smash was well, of like got got really really popular. Yeah, and it was like, oh, this is cool, but that that poor band, they. <laughs> I think they're doing really, quite well. They're not that poor anymore. Just kidding. I don't think they're very poor at all. But like, their sound is just uh, I don't know, gone the way of Green Day. Uh, yeah, but, and yeah, Green Day do. 
Green Day Dookie when that came out, it was it was like God, like it was awesome. And then, yeah, Dookie was great. Like it, it it really did like bring punk rock to a forefront in that time. I I I believe, but and uh, it's 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 a great record. But Green Day, one of those two, I'll I'll down one for them. Yeah. So, so how did that translate kind of into heavier music? I mean, Evergreen Terrorists is obviously heavier than those bands. Was there a yeah. certain, you know, how did that kind of transition happen? It was a very, um, so I started getting into punk rock music and just love, I loved going to shows. Like going to shows was really, like I said, I was a big uh, surfer and like 90s style punk, punk rock was kind of, like excuse me um it was very you know a lot of uh, surf videos featured punk rock yeah and especially like the uh southern california style punk rock and so i was getting into a lot of uh you know a lot of music through through the surf videos and we had a club called the milk bar here in jacksonville and so they would just like every weekend, almost not even every weekend, like almost every other day, there was be there would be like a, a show, and I would lie to my mom, be like, "Oh, I'm going to go to like a a Christian like a show concert," and uh, so, but it would be like Lagwagon and Face to Face. Those are my and favorite so, Christian bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like here, like. And she, and she she knew what was up, but I w- I would get into them, I would get in you know going to shows and discovering heavier music. I but to discover like heavier music, uh, Epitaph was getting like all the roster, and I think around that time, like around mid mid nineties, uh, Agnostic Front was on like Epitaph Records. And they had put out a record. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to an agnostic front show. And so like, I, I went, I went to a, one of the most craziest shows for a like 14 year old to go to yeah, was a agnostic front show in 19, you know, 94. And um, just the, pure aggressiveness of not just the music but like the sound and the uh vibe of the show was so much more like just intense they the the crowd we like at the milk bar there was a there was a a wooden barrier and i think roger just was like destroy this wooden barrier and they just splintered it just to to a pulp and i i was just like this is this is this is amazing i want to know more about this music so got into them got in the mad ball got into uh, like uh i think h2o was kind of like getting like starting around like the later uh, 90s and, and got into that and um it just just was okay let me get more into it and then uh 
and then the progression kind of went from this hardcore to more of like a metal style and oh you know i was in a like a punk band and a, a, a the guy that i started evergreen terrace with chris brown our old drummer he he came up to me and was like do you want to do you want to start this like hardcore band i was like yeah of course i i could do that because i tried to play the drums and i was very very terrible at playing the drums yeah and, and so i was like I, I think i can scream i could i could do that and we were yeah we the rest is history i guess yeah 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 no there's lots yeah, lots of other things could get into but i mean all that stuff's on on wikipedia probably if people want a, a detailed breakdown but yeah well, let's get into uh five of these songs um so okay. i asked you about this you had said that this was was a hard task to do and i always kind of love when i get that response um yeah because it's like well yeah i i agree and i'm glad it's you picking them and and uh not me and i i like that because it kind of forces you as you know the musician in the band to you know maybe think a bit deeper about favorite songs you know maybe going a bit deeper than you know just what are my favorite riffs or breakdowns or whatever parts and it kind of makes you like think a little bit more and so i mean that's why i love this format um because it kind of you know breaks it up a little bit from kind of just the typical you know how did you become a band or whatever and and just find I kind of hear stories about songs that it's like, well, I never would have known that just by reading the lyrics or listening to a song or whatever. And, and maybe these, I'm not saying, you know, trying to say these songs are like the deepest songs you ever wrote or whatever, but yeah, just excited to, to kind of hear about these. So let's get into, uh, the first one that comes off of, uh, burned alive by time, which is your second full length released November 26, 2002. Um, now this album is almost twenty years old, which is crazy. You know, how attached do you still feel to to this group of songs now that it's been out for so long? Oh, I I think that <clears throat> so we we put out "Losing All Hope Is Freedom," and we wanted we were we were trying to be like a, a new sound that was that was just kind of emerging, and with "Burned Alive by Time." I feel that like we were trying to progress and see like, okay, what kind, how different of this new kind of metalcore sound can, can we do? And so the, the, the very first song, which is the one that I picked the uh, understanding, you know, like, I think, so when we wrote that song, it was, um, it was very dynamic and I, I I just love that song so much because it pushed us to see how far uh, we can we can make you know like music diversity like it because there's there's acoustics in that there's an acoustic you know gu- you know guitar part there's a, a breakdown with singing over it so. I, I love that song for, 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 for that reason, just because we wanted to make sure that, you know, we wanted to see how, like, how different can we, can we be? And I, that that's the reason why I love that song is probably one of my first picks. And as far as the whole album goes, it, it kind of goes along the same, same level of of that which is you know like 
what, you know, what can we do? Like, like, let's push ourselves a little bit more and be a little bit different than, you know, just writing a breakdown and in, in a, a punk rift and kind of actually explore how we can do artistically, really. Yeah. 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 The song we're talking about is understanding the fear that lies within. <laughs>
And uh, yeah, it is a very dynamic song. You know, it's got this cool part in the middle where it kind of you know dies down, and then it kind of becomes a bit more moody and atmospheric almost. And it, the song has a very emotional, like almost agonizing sound to it. You know, you're just kind of listening to it, and so I'm just curious, like, was there certain emotions playing into this song, or was it just kind of style-wise what you were going for um, at that time? I think, it, oh, oh, yeah, a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Um, so we, uh, man, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's going too far back to remember specifics. <laughs> it is. It, it goes. It, so the, uh, our writing, our writing style would be that the band would get into a room and they they wrote a song someone would have a riff and they would play off of that riff and then and like compose the song and then later on i would come in with the lyrics and we would put lyrics to the song so oh man i'm trying to trying to trying to think back that far um i remember coming into the to the practice room and they're like, hey, we, we, we wrote, we wrote a song. I think this is going to be the first, uh, the first song on, on the record. And then hearing it, I was like, okay, I, I have, I have some lyrics and let's put this, let's put, let's put it all together. And so we, we put it all together and I feel that, the reason why I chose that song was because of the dynamics of it. Yeah. And, and I love, I, I mean, I love it lyrically. I'm, I'm, I'm more, I, I do love music. I love music, but I am uh, very interested in what the artist has to say also mm-hmm. lyrically, because I think sometimes people overlook lyrics and they just kind of feel the beat and feel feel the music, and and don't take it to heart. But it uh, lyrically, it was uh, something that because we were going through a transition at that time because we were we started off as a bit of a Christian band and we were kind of going through a transition from basically being like, okay, we're all Christians, and then kind of losing our faith. And in that song, you can you can see lyrically like like hey some things you know some things you just don't understand and that you have to take that to heart and maybe explore outside of the uh, outside of the box and lyrically it kind of matches the music because we were exploring outside of the box and yeah. I kind of trans try to translate it that as much as possible lyrically too. And that's probably the reason why I like that song so yeah. much. Well, that's, that's great insight into that. Were you guys touring full time at this point already with this album or were you kind of just trying to see kind of how far you could take it or what was kind of all going on with kind of the business I, side of the band? That is the start of us being to start full time. Uh, with losing all hope, I, Josh was still probably like seventeen, and okay. could yeah couldn't like tour as much. And he's like, "Hey, I, I'm a seven seventeen year old kid. I I can't go. You know, my my parents aren't gonna let me go to California 
it's so with uh with that we 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 i think they recognized once we got on like it's eulogy records but once yeah. we got on like a real record label instead of like some kids doing it outside of their garage in Valdosta, Georgia, which was losing all hope at Indianola records. Once we got on this, you know, nationally known record label, we were like, let's, let's, let's tour. And his parents were like, okay, you guys can tour. And so we went on tour with uh, a band called one fifth and that was their first time to California. And so we were just, we fell in love with touring and we were like this, let's just do this until we can't anymore yeah. or don't, or, or don't want to, or things change. Yeah. 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 Well, that leads us to uh, the next album, which is sincerity is an easy disguise in this business, which was your uh, third full length released June 21st, 2005. So you guys seem to really pick up the pace on this album kind of in regards to touring, really getting your name out there. Uh, this is the album. So I, I had heard of Evergreen Terrace um, before, I think probably more so on samplers, and I don't know if I had um, any of those earlier albums. They're probably pretty hard for me to find in, in this small town up here in Canada. Um, but I was in California um, at this point. Uh, my brother was getting married down there, and I got a hold of this album and I just absolutely fell in love with it, and uh, oh, awesome. yeah, I've just been a huge fan ever since. But so, kind of, yeah. How was the touring at this point for you guys? You know, were you seeing growth in the band and the fans connecting? Um, yeah, how was all that coming together? We, uh, I think that was, man, that was a very pivotal time because that was when we decided to do it in full swing. Like we just were like booking, booking tours. Um, trying to write in between the tours and just really like going for it. I don't think there was ever a set like goal or plan to see, but I, I think we just all wanted to the touring life before like doing it full time. We, we got, we got a taste of it. Like you can escape like all reality of, of home life. And I can't speak for everybody in the band, but for me, uh, you know, like home life was, was, was bland and compared to being on tour. So we like being on tour was this insane escape and being in like your early twenties, you got to basically see the world. And, uh, like yeah sincerity was kind of i i think like eulogy and hardcore was really ramping up yeah and so like it pushed it pushed us to another level to where we were getting recognition and being able to go on bigger tours and play like shows that we never even were able to play before in front of like people and go on tour with bands and put a good package together and kind of get into a more professional realm. Yeah. yeah. I, Any uh, insights into the title of this album? Yeah. So the title of the record, we always had a, a sense of the business side of music where these 
the the people that ran the the business were were a little like a little shady mm. and there's this great movie called uh death to smoochie have you ever heard of it i've heard of it i don't think i've ever seen it it's danny devito and um ed ed norton Okay. He's in that. Yeah. And so Ed Norton plays this character where he is this real friendly guy who does kind of like a like a Barney dinosaur act. And he's just like doing he's altruistic. He's just like helping people out. He's just, you know, like wants to be like this and doing it just for the kids. But the whole like industry that is evolved around him and like these like kid fronted shows was very corrupt and so there was just a line in the movie as as i don't know if you know or not but like we take a lot of like lines from popular cultures and put them into our titles and uh it's just like yeah sincerity is an easy disguise in this business and it was our bass player jason who was like let's let's use that to name to name the record because we saw parallels of the same you know same thing like going on like even though this movie is satirical we just were like yeah like people claiming to be oh i'm all about the scene and all about like uh, like hardcore and punk rock and all these ethics that come along with it but really like they just wanted your money they <laughs> yeah. wanted wanted to make money off of you and that's basically the reason why we we named that record that yeah no that's cool yeah this album definitely has a, a much more kind of polished and produced sound to it compared to burned alive by time um, so was like, what kind? Of, what had you guys kind of learned as a band since the last album that kind of went into this process of putting these songs together? And was that a conscious effort, or was that just kind of how it how it all fell? It is kind of like uh, how it all fell into place. But one of the things I I believe that uh, what happened was is that we had a bigger budget and yeah. we were able to go into like a real studio instead of like doing a, doing recording like burned alive by time was recorded in a studio that was in a trailer in, in Valdosta, georgia and you know like the person that recorded it he i think he did a really good job but he did the best that he could do right in a in that a trailer yeah in Valdosta, georgia and in sincerity was uh recorded in like a a legit studio where it was the first time I was recording in like a booth instead of, you know, just this makeshift kind of thing. It, it, it really, it was really kind of a, a, a cool special time too, because you, I felt, you know, felt like, Oh, I'm a part of the music scene. Yeah. Was that hard? Like, Oh, was that hard to adjust to or was it? It wasn't you know, hard was to it... adjust to. It was, it, it just made me feel more legit in, in a way, in a sense, you know, like, yeah. okay, like I'm a professional, <laughs> even yeah. though 
I've never considered myself a professional, but yeah, well, yeah. it gives you a bit more excitement when you you know you're hearing the songs and it's like okay, like yeah, like maybe we can you know stand up with a lot of our peers and get more opportunities yeah. and yeah, like when you're first starting out, you kind of just take what you can get and you don't necessarily know any better or you just you know do with what you can afford or. You know, yeah. There's lots of different elements that go into that, but when you get to a place where it's like, okay, like we actually sound like a band I want to listen to now, or you know, whatever whatever sentiment you might have about kind of hearing yourself back, right? Because yeah. it is a weird thing when you first get into it, you know. Um, like I played in played in a band for years, and and so it's like you know when you first start, you're just really, you're just excited to play and just kind of scream your heart out and whatever and. But then you kind of get to a point, maybe you're seeing more live bands or hearing music, and it's like, okay, you know, we're not there, but maybe we can get there with a few, you know, tweaks in the process. And so it's, yeah. I always love hearing that on albums too. Like when I heard this one, I probably listened, you know, this was back when you could like demo a CD or whatever, and um, I probably put it in the demo just because it's like, okay, I'd heard songs on samplers or whatever, and you know, put yeah. this in. It's like, oh, this sounds awesome. I'm definitely getting this. So, you know, as a listener, I could tell that that shift that kind of happened. So, I was excited to to get into to this album. And you know, like that that kind of shift sometimes for bands doesn't always translate so well. Like there yeah. is there is like some quality to a less like polished record you know there is definitely always like that's why some bands still would like choose analog you know right over digital even i don't know if there's any bands that do that anymore but like i could see why they would want to because they they want a rawness to it but I, it, it it but yes you like you you want you like okay i want a bigger sound i want to put i want somebody to put our cd into their car and hear it the way that we wanted it to be interpreted you know instead of just like a tin tin can you know yeah kind of like beat <laughs> yeah yeah no that's awesome yeah well, there's the song you picked off of this album is the smell of summer what did I
I mean, yeah, this is a classic Evergreen Terra song, you know, with the mix of heavy and melody, which you guys did so well. And, uh, yeah, why, why does this song stand out to you on this album? Okay, so I do, I, lo- I love how how driven the song is. It's just like, you know, the beat is is very driven. I, I love yeah. that. Right when they Right when they wrote that song, you know, when I came in and heard it, and so also at that time i um like i said i put it i do put a lot of like heart into a lot of the lyrics sometimes they're just fluff but like this song was uh, was particularly like heartfelt too lyrically um my uh, my girlfriend at the time she had had just had a miscarriage and so i wrote this song um and so I picked I picked this one because because of how like much uh, of uh, how much uh, personal like feeling and emphasis that I, I, I put into it. And even to this day, when we play it, you know, even though that was, you know, 19, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, I, I still kind of feel the the hurt of of ha- of almost having a kid and losing it and that was the reason why I picked that song it's yeah. because it was it's so like personal to me yeah yeah well thanks for sharing that I'm, I'm sure that yeah and that is a and that's come up a few times on this show you know like just how how musicians process you know diff- difficult subjects and you know does that you know, every time you you play it, does it remind you of that, or is it therapeutic, or does it just create more tension? Uh, and so, I think that's just a cool kind of balance that musicians have to deal with. Yeah, it is. I, I for me, it is definitely therapeutic. The whole band, like life, has been therapeutic. Uh, just a it it for me, it, it is a very personal thing for me like uh a lot of people i feel like a lot of a lot of bands like oh, i'm doing this i'm doing this for you i'm doing this for and and honestly like like yeah i'm so excited and stoked when people have a reaction to our music but in in the end like it, it is for me like a therapeutic thing and i, I like just the the whole the whole thing like playing shows, being able to scream like these lyrics that I've had 
something meaningful for me. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of, kind of a therapy. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's great. You have that, that outlet. Yeah. So moving on to uh, wolf biker, uh, which you have in the background there, which is the, your fourth full length and uh, the first on metal, metal blade. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's released on July 24th, 2007. Uh, so two years later, this album comes out, and you guys are, you know, kind of just keeping the machine working, you know, so to speak, with with touring and releasing. And um, so, what do you remember about the writing and recording process of of this album? Oh, so this was this was, this album. So we 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 got a, we got a new drummer, uh, Kyle from Love Is Red. He joined the band, and a. Uh, and we did did a few shows and did a few like tours with him off of sincerity and we like we're like okay we need to write a record we don't want to be on eulogy anymore we want to we were trying to get off eulogy because i think that being on eulogy was a little bit of a sinking ship and so when kyle joined like we were able to take it to a whole nother level. Uh, he's just a phenomenal drummer, absolutely phenomenal. And we we're like, let let at at that time when we were writing Wolf Biker, I feel that it was uh, kind of one of those things where all of the musicians in the band were just connecting together and in in and had the same mindset if you will and we we wrote that record with like we were pissed off we were pissed off at the industry we were pissed off at the state of the world that it was in we all basically believed the same things and so it kind of came together almost flawlessly in 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 the sense of like there was no types of like oh like ah, like everybody felt what everybody was feeling yeah musically and lyrically actually josh james wrote the lyrics to wolf biker and it basically sums up what we were trying to to say in in that in in that record you know like hey fuck off world like <laughs> just yeah 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 no lots yeah you could definitely tell that lots uh lots went into it and and uh yeah i mean i loved and still love this album a lot i i love that record too because it also like we recorded that record at the same place that we recorded Sincerity, okay. but a different person mix and mastered it. Oh, okay. I should know who did that, but I can't remember. Yeah, no, that's all good. Yeah. It, it was done by some guy. Yeah. <laughs> from the dis- that's from what the it descendants. says in the CD liner. Some guy. Oh, was it no. mixed and mastered at the blasting room? Yeah, the blasting yeah. room. Oh, okay. yeah, Jason yeah. Livermore. Or... Jason Livermore. I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. To anybody who's listening to this, <laughs> I should know. I just got off work. 
Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's my cool. brain is dead. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's cool. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. the song you picked off of this one is the damned.
the final song on the album and another song that kind of takes a bit of a turn in the middle of the song you know, with a longer instrumental that kind of closes the song out with uh, the vocals coming back towards the end. And I really like when you guys kind of, you know, opened up the songs a bit. It kind of gives it this really anthemic sound to it. Um, so why did why did you pick this song? Oh, I, I because it was, it is one of my favorite songs to play live and in live and in front of uh you know a lot of people because it does have that that build up in that that chance to kind of feel like the to push out your feelings to the crowd and try and connect to them with that that build up and it kind of it it also encompasses like the 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 feeling of of what we had just gone through and the damned was basically about, you know, like our time and being in the music business and the industry up until that point. And we're like, Hey, we're, we're going to still be here. We're going to keep going on and we're going to, we're going to do this like, you know, without, you know, anybody's, anybody's help. We're going to keep going on. And so, like, like I said, when we played, when we played that live, it, it's just has been one of my like favorite songs to play live because it gives me a chance to, to really feel what we have already done so far. Yeah. 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 And it's a great way to close the album too. Uh, Cause it's a pretty hard hitting album. And so it's nice to close, you know, like, a little bit more kind of dynamic to it and open it up a bit so that, that was a great choice yeah yeah thank you i i i, I yeah that i can't say i do remember i remember this one tour that we went on um in europe and it was with like hate breed and ignite and it was just a massive massive tour i think walls of jericho was on oh, it as well amazing. yeah we played dresden and it was the biggest up to that point indoor show, right? It was just like 5,000 people, wow. like just a, cl- a biggest club show. And I remember the uh, booking agent who for books for MAD, his name's Mark. He's like, this is the biggest like hardcore show that we've had in. And I remember like playing that song and just like being like, I feel fucking awesome hmm. like the, like in, in that that build up it it just felt it, it felt very uh you know cathartic and made me feel like oh i'm i must be doing we must be doing something right yeah yeah <laughs> you know? for sure yeah i can imagine those moments it just really puts a song into perspective like it's your own song you know you've already created it and written it and put your thoughts together but you know when you're getting these opportunities to you know sing it for especially that many people right it kind of it must kind of shift kind of the meaning to you right it maybe even changes the original uh, you know thought of why you wrote the song or, or maybe not but it, it, it to me it, it validated the song yeah because yeah, the, the song it. is about like being continuing whatever art that you have without the support of somebody who was trying to exploit it 
you know, that's basically what the song is about. And just doing, or it doesn't even have to be art. If someone can interpret it to doing and going on without, you know, like somebody's support and keep doing what you're doing without like somebody who has been taking advantage of you that to me, like that was, you know, that that's the meaning of the song. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. The next one is almost home, uh, which was released on September 29th, 2009. So this album is easily in my top melodic hardcore metal albums of all time. Everything from the songwriting to the production to the artwork is just unreal. I actually listened to this album this summer, and uh, sometimes when I listen to an album that, that I know I love, I'll just sit there, and as I'm listening, I'll kind of like input myself into it, thinking like, okay, like so I, I'm a drummer, and it's like, what, what if I was the drummer on this album? And I just, I mean, it's kind of a nerdy music thing and whatever, but I don't know, it just, it just made the album that much better. So yeah, this, this album's amazing. Uh, nice, thank you. So, yeah, so this was your uh, your fourth full length release. You know, consistently releasing every couple of years. Uh, what was going on during the band at this time? Like, kind of, how were you feeling about the music scene? You know, you kind of talked about, you know, being angry at the state of the world and different things. And had any of that shifted with this album, or what was um, going through your mind then? So, to be honest, I, for for me, I can't speak for anybody else in the band, but we. I, we were at that time so so driven into the the scene of just trying trying to make it to another step and uh, it is the second album that came out on metal blade and it is a it is a lot more polished than than wolfbiker is and it has a completely different sound but we and it's actually a, a little bit more a little bit more metal, I think. Yeah. Um, I think we were just trying, not trying, but we, I don't know. It's a, such a, <laughs> it, was, it was a very, the album was, how do we continue to push ourselves even more, you know, mm. and, and do, like how 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 well and we had uh we recorded it in Jacksonville and then had Jason Sukoff do our uh vocals and uh mix and master so and he's like a very metal yeah. metal guy and i think that we've just were honestly just trying to uh trying to trying to see where we could be what, what what we could do i honestly don't have any really good answers yeah no, that's <laughs> great and did this album do that for you did you find that it kind of took you to the next level i think that it it, it helped us like see where we could where we could be like musically and and try and yeah, it's just, just, just like let, let's, because it is a pretty dynamic. I think it's the most dynamic album, like next to Burned Alive by Time, where we have like, and not doesn't compare like musically, but it does compare in sense of of like the songs 
that had like more of Craig and, you know, more uh, melodic kind of things too. So we were trying to just be to experiment. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you like that record so much because I, I feel that it does get a little not so much uh, recognition. Oh, that's yeah. unfortunate. It, no, I mean, I, I understand, but like that record, I, I feel is is a bit of a banger. I, oh, I like it. Yeah, it it's, it's so just, good. Yeah. Even just thinking about it makes you want to go back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, man. It's it, it's a great it's a great record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even I mean, I'm a huge album artwork guy too, and so I mean, I love Clarkor's work and. Just yeah. I, I love that kind of uh, that style. You know, it's not necessarily tattoo style, but just you know, kind of tattoo style of graphics, I guess you could say, or illustration or whatever. And I don't know. It's just every time I look at it, I'm like, man, this just looks like such a cool, inviting record that if I saw it on a shelf, I would be drawn to it. Thanks. Yeah, we we've literally have been we've we put a lot of thought into the the covers of the records we we usually try to get like you know artists and 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 clark had been doing t-shirts for us for so yeah. long and we we're like yeah let's let's get you to do the record cover because you obviously you know know our style and yeah like yeah, we we tried we even try, you know, we try to support local artists. That's the guy who did Wolf Biker is a, a local artist named Sean Thurston. And he just does wonderful stuff. And Clark lived in Jacksonville for a long time. And yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. And that's why, I mean, so much of, of punk and hardcore and metal, like, is about the artwork almost sometimes as much as, you know, the music. And so it's just one aspect that I always love to touch on because it's it's something that stands out to me when I think of an album. It's usually the the artwork that pops into my head right away, right? When you think of your favorite album, it's like, oh, yeah, I can see the album, you know. Sometimes you even yeah. remember, you know, that's why I bought it or seen for the first time and and uh, being intrigued by it. So, yeah, the song that you picked off of this is Mario Speedwagon. <laughs>
why is uh, this uh, song you wanted to talk about? Oh, so we we went on this tour in Australia, and it was called Soundwave. Oh yeah, it was a this massive, like almost like warp toury kind of kind of like traveling tour, and it was it was just amazing. We played every major city in in Australia. And we had like a few days off. We had it in between the shows. We had a day off. We played a, like a, a club show and then we played the festival. So basically, I, I chose this song because it, it, it kind of, it just like grasped the like feeling that I, I, I feel about like being in the band um we like i i went out all night uh you know we played a like it was a day off went out all night i came back to my hotel and our jason the bass player comes up comes to the hotel room and he's like hey i i have i have a joint would you like to smoke it on top of this rooftop and so i'm in melbourne and we go to the rooftop and we we smoke a little bit and just seeing the city and realizing that I'm a you know 27 year old person like furthest away from home that I could possibly be and I just felt so amazing that I'm so lucky to be there at this moment. Yeah. And yeah. And actually I rode that, that I, I got very, not just high from the pot, but I was very high from that experience when just to realize that I, I lived a very unique life that not everybody gets to do. And so you know, I was. I wanted to capture that moment in a song, and that's yeah. And Mario Speedwagon. I was just going to ask, name. what's the what's the connection? So to the there, title? yeah, there's no connection to the title. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, at all. For lyrically to the title, Mario Speedwagon. There, we had a bus driver in Europe. His name is Mario, and we were like Mario, Mario, Ario. Ario Speedwagon, Mario Speedwagon. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, yeah, uh, your your uh, bandmate came into the hotel that night and you just played Mario Kart or something. No, <laughs> which would have been fine and fun. I would have loved to do that, but no, I just had a spiritual moment on the top of a hotel room with my best friend, and uh, yeah, still still think about that day now yeah yeah well it's amazing that you had those experiences and that those will be with you for the rest of your life that's awesome i yeah <laughs> yeah when your last pick here comes off of dead horses uh was released through rise records on december 10th 2013 uh, this was uh your first release with the label um yeah how did your relationship with rise come about um between metal blade and rise man so our relationship with rise is that a 
we would tour a lot with bands, um, with a band. I can't, God damn, I can't remember the name of the band. I wish I did more homework. So a guy named Matt who worked for Rise Records now, he was in this band and we were just like always trying to to be like like help any struggling band like oh yeah if you are struggling like we'll give you we'll try and get you on these shows and so we were helping his band out a whole lot like trying to get them booked on a bunch of shows eventually the band broke up and then matt moved to rise records and became somebody that was able to sign bands and or like at least put some influence in and he and he was like yeah i'm gonna get get you signed to rise records and the uh the label owner also liked our band too so that that helped out a little bit and so he was like okay this this transition is so weird too because that was the the time that uh, Josh left the band. Yeah, I was going to ask and, about and, that. And moved to stick to your guns, and we decided like, okay, look, let's let's move, let's let's keep going, like like, let's, let's keep being a band. We had this huge chunk of our of our of our band because Josh was was such a big part of it. He left which all works out for the better in the long run. And so uh, Craig basically wrote that whole record musically. And so we uh, decided to just keep going on. And, uh, and Rise Records was, was pretty, pretty stoked to have us. And we, we put out that record on, on Rise. Yeah. Yeah. We got a great artist named Caitlin Hatchett to do the to do the artwork. Yeah, it's awesome. She was pretty ha- happy about it, and yeah. Yeah, were you guys still touring full time at this point, or had things kind of slowed down a bit? Things had slowed down because we, man, like I at that point I was in a kind of like a I guess not very mentally stable place after touring nonstop for 15 years. Uh, So I just kind of was kind of breaking down a little bit. Um, So we had a tour for Australia again, and our drummer who played on that record, Brad Moxie, he had had fallen and like broken his arm, like literally the bone was sticking Mm -hmm. out of his arm. And so we had to cancel that tour I didn't go on like a uh, a European tour. Uh, we had a fill in that would that toured for me, and it, not in that timeline, anyways. But we we were just kind of I for me personally, I was feeling a little little broken down, so I needed to take a step back, and that's basically when I quit the band like shortly after that record came out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that briefly, but yeah, let's talk about the song. that's all over, but the crying. (laughs) 
a favor from this album okay so i was telling you about being on the rooftop in melbourne with my best friend jason so everybody in the band is basically i don't they're they're family they're 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 very much like a, a part of my life and I, I love them yeah and so jason had written the lyrics and they 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 touch me a whole lot like and the song i i think is just a, a ripper yeah I, I love it it's great yeah. musically it's good uh lyrically i i feel it to heart because it, it is about his his father passing mm. and um uh, it's all over but the crying is kind of like a personal thing to him yeah and 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 so uh, I chose that song because every time I listen to it, I, I honestly get a little choked up because Jason had put a lot of his heart into the lyrics and, you know, I empathize with that, you know, and, and I, I, I feel my brother's pain mm. about his father passing and it, it, and the fact that he, you know, had, written a, a song that kind of is, is helpful for him hopefully cathartically that i don't know it it, it makes me feel you know more connected like because it, it is hard to talk about your feelings and the best thing about being an artist is that you don't really have to talk about your feelings you can just express it in your art and I, I, I felt that. I've, yeah. Not only that, it's it's a pretty good song. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a whole different dynamic when you're, you know, seeing somebody else's kind of story or experience or emotion. It is. And and like so, like like to go back to like empathy. You know, like you know, this this guy is literally my brother, and um, not literally my brother. He's not literally my brother, but almost, almost emo- literally, uh, emotionally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. And, you know, so when something like that happens, it, it you, you feel, you feel for them and you don't, you know, I, I, I understand. And so, you know, like just singing those words, you would like to take on those emotions and, and play it out we've never really played that song live but i i do love listening to it yeah and... well, that's that's cool thanks for sharing that yeah we're, well to close you know um there's you know there's been a good amount of time since this album came out you know you mentioned how you left the band for a bit and then returned and you know you guys have been playing some shows recently as, as well as furnace fest a few weeks ago and uh, yeah, well, what does the the future hold for Evergreen Terrace? Is it just kind of as opportunities come, you guys are willing to to consider them, or what are you hoping for? Oh well, so we are definitely going to come out with new music soon. Yeah, as, I thought I saw that like a while ago. As soon as we get done recording them, they will be out. Yeah, uh, hopefully that will be happening 
within the next six months. Awesome. So we'll see. Um, new music. Uh, just keep on doing what we're doing, uh, and and playing shows around the world. Hopefully, what whoever is going to have us and can pay for our accommodations. We'll, we'll take it yeah does everyone kind of have the flexibility currently to like to take no. on those or is it like it's really got to make like, sense for you to you know take time off of work and all that i really wish that we had all the flexibility that we had when we were kids but unfortunately we don't well we that don't. comes with age that's fair yeah a few a few of us not me i just have a cat but a few of us have kids and I think that, you know, we all came from, uh, well, not all of us, but a lot, like a few of us came from broken families. And so when it comes to having kids, I, I believe that they like want to be the parent that they never had. And so like, yeah, I can't blame them. Like all, like everything in me, I'm like, let's just fuck the world and go on tour forever. It's like, like, I can't do <laughs> yeah. that, man. Yeah, I love my kids. I don't want to like not see them. I'm like, all right, I understand. I'm being a little selfish. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe maybe that's a little too too much. I don't know. No, well, it's, when you've poured so much of yourself into something, I get how it's it's almost easier just to completely stop than kind of, you know, have it there, you know, especially when there's different circumstances. Cause you know, for yeah. you, it's like, Oh yeah, an opportunity. Yeah. Let's do it. And it's like, Oh yeah, there's others that maybe you can't commit to that. So then you kind of have to make amends yeah. being like, okay, like I'm going to say no to something I wish I could do, but you know, trying to think of everyone. And so, yeah. but at least you can still do it somewhat. So that's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. And thank God we're still like getting, offers to play places like furnace fest which was absolutely amazing yeah yeah some awesome videos so, from that i love that yeah it was one of the best like shows that i we we played not not like we played you know i think we played pretty well but like the, but one of the best shows that i've been to by far in the last I don't, it, it was probably one. It was a great experience. Weather was perfect. Everybody was super, like into it and friendly. I I, I couldn't. Yeah. Hopefully next year will be exactly the same. Yeah. Were you there the the whole time? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. Any uh, any standout um, bands, sets, songs? Oh, C- Comeback Kid. Comeback yeah, Kid was, was was absolutely amazing. Uh, I wasn't in the, 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 the space where knocked loose played, but I was, yeah, I was kind of outside, but listening to them, they, they were fucking ripped. Uh, yeah. And then also seeing just like there was you know, Jeremy Enoch played, uh, to, I, the, every band was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hard to pick on those things. Even seeing the set, and I had some yeah. friends that for, that were there, so I was getting some updates and whatever. But yeah, I'm no, it's, it's you awesome. You got it. to be a part of it, and yeah, no, it's it's all good. But uh, anyways, Andrew, I appreciate your time. I know it's late there, and so I'll let you get to attending to your cat and and whatever yeah. else. And <laughs> yeah, 
Well, thanks for taking the time to talk. And yeah, like I said, I've been an Evergreen Terrace fan for years and I sent you a picture of a tattoo I got a year from uh, one of your shirt designs in 2003 yeah. or something. And so it's yeah, been really cool to, to chat with you. So thanks for taking the time to do that. And yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.